This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I'll tell you the kind of day we're having today. All the usual stuff is, you know, in the news. I mean, you know, politics, war, inflation. And Bart Simpson is in the news today. Bart Simpson. When's the last time you heard about the Simpsons? This is all happening, and you're in the right place for it. Welcome to our dreadful little show. Uh, Jack Riccardi on 550 and 1071 KTSA. This uh, story at MySA.com that caught my eye, um, because it said hate crime in Texas in the headline, and I wanted to see what it was about. Uh, This is an article by Zachary Taylor Wright. And it's about a social media influencer named Tizzy Ent. And the story is that Tizzy Ent is using her millions of followers to call out Holotus, Texas, for a hate crime. That uh, somebody, she says, threw rocks at a woman's car and broke the taillight and damaged the car and did it because the woman was wearing a hijab. And if you're saying, well, Jack, I, I haven't heard anything about this. This has been in the news. Well, no, it's, no one knows if this happened or not. Like, this is an article about somebody claiming that something happened. But there are no names... No dates, no video, no pictures, no witnesses, no police report. Tizzy Ent says it happened. There's hate in Holotus. And you're not welcome in Holotus. And we need to get them out of there. And we need everybody to keep their eyes and ears open. Find this person. Now look, I if if anything like this happened, I would be completely against it and you would be too. And it would be wrong. Hijab or no hijab. But how is this news? News is finding out if it happened. News is corroborating that it happened. News is getting comment from the police investigating this hate crime. But there's none of that. It's just a good story. And it fits the narrative of the moment, which is that the real problem in America, don't believe your lying eyes, the real problem in Texas, the real problem in Holotus is Islamophobia. Now, we've been getting um, leaks of the Nashville Manifesto. And if you wonder if it's real... I think it probably is, because the Nashville Police Department has put out a statement saying they're investigating the dissemination of the writings. And I don't think they would say that or do that if it, was, if it wasn't legitimately the writings of 
Audrey Hale, the killer at the Covenant School in Nashville, the trans killer of three children and three adults, left behind writing. And remember, we were told that the day of the incident, we found a lot of writing, said the police chief. And we will make it available as soon as we can. We're, you know, This is a, an ongoing investigation, he said, the day of the shooting, the day of the killings. And then they changed their mind, and everybody changed their mind. All of a sudden, the, the city, the state, the feds, and, and the media fell right in a line beautifully and said, well, this manifesto must be kept secret for all time because it would, it would be dangerous to the community. And they hinted that there were things in the, in, the, in the writings of this maniac that would have endangered or compromised the security of maybe other buildings or other schools. And when you say that to people of goodwill, their inclination is to give you the benefit of the doubt. Well, I'm sure the authorities know what they're doing, and okay, we don't want another school to get hit. But that's not what happened here. What we're finding out is this manifesto reveals or, or you know, um, I guess you could say evinces, evokes, a lot of critical race theory, a lot of um, gender ideology. And I think the reason, and a lot of people now believe, the reason they're keeping it secret or trying to is because you start to get a sense of what we're doing to people with that toxic cocktail of critical race theory and gender politics or whatever. If you take a person that's already unhappy, and there are many people that are self-loathing or insecure or we all go through low points in our lives you you and i have been at points in our lives maybe you're at one now i pray that you're not but we, we have all been through or will go through times in our lives when we are at our worst and we are vulnerable and we are maybe suggestible and if you start pouring into the heads of people especially children these ideas you could create a monster and i think they did and so they are covering up for themselves in Nashville. They're not covering up for our safety or the safety of some other kid. And there are now media people scolding the leaks, saying that the leaks have been selective. This is a TV reporter in Nashville named Phil Williams. Multiple sources have told me that the selective leak of three pages is extremely misleading. People who've seen the whole thing say there's something in there for everybody. She hated everybody. So this hack is trying to reverse justify keeping news from the public. It's his job to report the news, but he thinks it's his job to enable the suffocation of this story multiple sources have you read the manifesto phil why don't you want to read it why aren't you curious about it what kind of reporter are you what kind of reporter writes tizzy ent's story and doesn't ask like could i get the police report could i have the date how do i know you're not making this up i can't run this until i know you're not making it up no none of that Let me give another give you another uh, example. The news is uh, 
talking today about the elderly man, 69-year-old man named Phil Kessler, who was at a, uh, Paul Kessler, excuse me, he was at a uh, clash or a, 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 at a, a, a pair of rallies. He was rallying and carrying a flag, uh, the Israeli flag. He was rallying pro-Israel. There were pro-Palestinian protesters also having an event. These events came together. This is in Ventura County, California. And he, Paul Kessler, apparently had an encounter with or a verbal argument with somebody on the other side. This happened Sunday afternoon. And witnesses say that the other guy threw his megaphone and hit Paul Kessler in the head with it. A bullhorn. An electric bullhorn. He hit him in the head so hard that it knocked him down, and when he fell down, he, his head banged against, the back of his head banged against the pavement, and he began bleeding heavily. And he died. That's the bones of what happened. That's something that can be verified with eyewitnesses, video, there's a police report. Fox headline said elderly Jewish man dies after confrontation well like what he had a confrontation with somebody and then he went home and died in his rocking chair misleading NBC witnesses said Paul Kessler fell and struck his head during a confrontation so did he did he slip and fall ABC News said uh, he died of his injuries I'm pretty sure 100% of people that are murdered die of their injuries, right? That's, that's how murder works. The murderer injures you, and you die of the injuries. So this is at least manslaughter. Why are we trying so hard not to say that? Why is it that we all knew all about, everybody had all the opinions and judgments of that Marine on the subway. Remember that guy? He's a killer. He's a racist. He's a hunter of young black men. He's a menace. Nobody held back. Nobody said, give it a few days. Let's, let's see what transpires. But in this case, we're very quick to say, well, an, an old guy fell down on the sidewalk. It happens every day. And we're not going to tell you anything about the person that shot up a school in our community because we're protecting you. The less you know about that incident, the better you are. That's, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? And I mean, look. ABC this weekend called what happened outside the White House a passionate protest. It's a passionate protest. That's like saying Lee Harvey Oswald was passionate in Dallas in 1963. Come on. I guess they've already used mostly peaceful protests, so they had to come up with something else. I saw pictures uh, last night of National Park Service employees using pressure washers to take the red paint and the graffiti off the White House gates and the statues around in Lafayette Park. So we had a major protest in the Capitol around the White House. A bunch of people were carrying signs with swastikas. They defaced national monuments. 
they attempted to access the White House, and it was just passionate, like, you know, two people arguing at their kid's soccer game or something. It was just passionate. They just, you know, things just got a little heated. Crickets. And it's not just the media. I've read this now in a number of stories. They're very proud of the fact that there were no arrests made. Does that even sound right to you? I mean, I'm, I'm not a Biden fan, and Biden wasn't even at the White House, but it wouldn't matter who the president was. This is where we're at now in this country. You can storm the White House, and, we're, well, well let's, not, let's not ruffle any feathers. Words have meaning. Did you hear that um, there's a daycare center that, uh, this is in Germany, I forget the city, it's not, it's not Berlin or one of the major cities, but there's a daycare center in Germany named after Anne Frank. And Anne Frank's diary, of course, published after World War II, has become one of the most read uh, parts of the canon, parts of the literature of that era. Um, you can't go to any corner of the world where people don't know who Anne Frank was and what she did. We used to learn about Anne Frank in school. We, we we got all the details. We learned the whole story. It was it was you know a very very integral part of of learning history. I don't know if that's still true. Do your kids still learn about Anne Frank? I don't know. But anyway, there's a daycare center that memorialized her and her story. And uh, it says that the center, which has been operating for decades, is now changing its name because of migrant pressure. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder, wonder which migrants. Uh, they're going to change the name. They're going to take the name Anne Frank off the daycare center. Uh, and they're going to, in the interest of diversity, which apparently no longer includes Jewish children, uh, they're going to name it um, something generic like Little Adventurers or Great Adventurers or some stupid name like that. Um we have gone from never forget to don't remind me. Awfully quick, haven't we? Again, words, facts. And what were we saying yesterday? Do your job. Do your job. I don't mean to be rude, and I, I love Germans, and I have good friends that are German, but to, to, to take Anne Frank's name off something now, I mean, you've, You've come through what you've come through. You've built your country and your image in the world again. You're trying to live down literally like the worst history any country has had in modern times. You know, Germany is at the bottom of the heap. And now, in 2023, okay, I guess we've done enough atoning Let's 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 get her let's get her pesky name off this daycare center. I mean that is that is weak. That is weak. But if you're over a certain age, you remember when people used to say, and they were on the left as well as on the right, never forget, we can never forget, we must never forget. The way we used to teach the Holocaust in school, it was like we were almost screaming it at the kids. 
You have to know this so that it never happens again. We must make sure. We must be sure. If we if we forget history, we're doomed to repeat it. I, I, what what was all that about? Why why'd you waste all my time in school with that? If it turns out that the first time the Palestinians quote unquote get angry, we're just going to cave. See, Hitler needed himself some Hamas propaganda people. He had Himmler and Goebbels and people like that. He needed he needed these Hamas guys and, of course, American network news. What would they have done with Hitler, right? What would that have been like? What would Crystal Knight have been? Would that have been a mostly peaceful protest or would that have been a passionate protest? Or maybe it would have been an anti-glass protest. 210-599-5555. And I love, love, love the way that People in the media are so compliant when um, we were told that that manifesto had to be kept secret. You know, it didn't. It didn't. I'm, and I'm not. A, I'm not a bright guy. I have an average IQ. I took an IQ test one time. It was literally the average. I, I, I've got nothing special going on. I got no. But I mean. I remember in the beginning, when you just saw the basics of the Nashville story, you thought, this is not a mastermind. This person didn't, this person didn't um, create or concoct a, a, a plan so sophisticated and diabolical that, that we must make sure it's never replicated. And if this had been any other kind of shooter, if it had been a MAGA shooter, if it had been a racist, if it had been a, a person, you know, hating against gays and lesbians, or or whatever. That manifesto would have already been out in the Barnes & Noble in paperback, third edition. So it, 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 it rang false from the beginning. And it should have rung false for people that call themselves journalists and, and are constantly reminding us that we need journalists, that, that we, can't, we can't make it without journalism. We, we, we need fact-checkers and editors and news organizations that have like an institutional approach to, you know, uh, proving and, and corroborating news stories. And that's how we get the Express News running a story about what might have happened once in Holotus, but who knows. If a hate crime happens in Holotus <laughs> and no one sees it, um, like a tree falling in the forest, right? So anyway, 210-599-5555. Esteban is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Esteban. You know, uh, unfortunately, my aunt who said civilization is very thin was very right, and her child died in her arms when she was a Nazi force saver. As far as the manifesto, the reporter says that was one small portion of it. Well, why don't we see the whole darn thing? Right, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's... If you tell me it's one small portion of it, I'm assuming you've seen the whole thing. That's the only way you would know that that was one small portion of it. And if you've seen it, why are you better than me? Why is it okay for you to see it and not me? Yeah, and as far as passionate protest, when there's vandalism occurring, that's not a passionate protest. Well, um, I guess it's passionate vandalism, Esteban. Maybe there are people with a passion for vandalism, you know, like it's a... Like it's a beloved hobby, you know? They're like passionate coin collectors, you know? They're just passionate vandals and looters. Perhaps Bubba needs a new girlfriend. We we should say, you know what we should say? We should say it was a 
deeply sincere protest. And finally, as far as the <laughs> Jewish guy who was murdered, I can think yes. of a case that happened in the brothels. Texas, a classmate of mine, was killed in the process. There were manslaughter charges pressed, and there was a conviction secured because some thief decided to deck somebody in the jaw, and that person was a classmate of mine. He fell backwards on a concrete curb, and he's dead. And that was not too long after, you know, uh, Tharp pressed charges for murder with that kid in Canyon High School. Right. Well, I, I mean... All I know is, and I think Daniel Penny was the Marine that I was trying to think of his name. We, we got the Daniel Penny thing really fast, and we were told what to think about it and how to view it, and the frame was put around him. He's a murderer. Uh, he overreacted. Uh, this uh, this guy on the train was just a, just an entertainer, just a performer. He was Michael Jackson, an um, impressionist. He killed Michael Jackson. I, I guess I just wonder, how is it that you're so sure... Of that narrative, you knew like within minutes. And here, I, I, I've got to like read deep into the story to get Paul Kessler's name. And when will Joe Biden go to California to attend the service for Paul Kessler? And will he speak at the service? And will he maybe tell some stories about Bo or Corn Pop or riding on the Amtrak a million miles? I mean, you can see through all this, right? I mean, you're seeing what I'm seeing, right? I'm not the only, please tell me I'm not the only one seeing all this. Just kind of putting it together today. 210-599-5555. Uh, this is completely my fault, and, and I feel terrible about this, and maybe we can make it right. I'm hoping we can make it right. But um, on Friday, during the dish, a lady called in, um, and I think she was calling about L&L Hawaiian Grill. I think yes. that was the restaurant. Yes, it was. Is that right, Don? Yes, it was. I don't remember her name, and 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 it just I'll, I'll I'll admit it. I mean, end of the week, I'm a little fried. I'm you know just so I I, I wasn't paying as as close attention to this as I probably should have. But she was she was talking about the restaurant, and she mentioned that she wanted to go back, but she would have to wait a while because the chairlift uh, on her vehicle was broken. She's in a wheelchair. And the chairlift doesn't work, so she can't go back to L&L Hawaiian Grill. And we then went on to the next call. <clears throat> but then we started getting, I know you got them off the air, Don, and then I got emails about it. There were people that wanted to help her mm -hmm. that either felt they had a part or a, a, a replacement chairlift or I'm not, there's like more than one person and there's different kinds of things being proposed. But basically... I would love to be able to find that lady and then match her up with any of you that are interested in helping her. And I should have thought of that. I should have taken the name down. We should have pivoted to that. And I just, it slipped my mind and I apologize. So anyway, there were a lot of nice offers. Not a lot. There were, I think, two or three. But anyway, um, if you are that lady or you know that lady, please get in touch with us. And then, if you uh, want to help her, we'll try to put the two together. So. Yeah, it wasn't it. It wasn't soon after her call that I received. Um, well, we I think we spoke with with someone who had a restaurant to, to talk about, and then after after the fact, or during the time that I was uh, speaking with this person, he said he had a part that mm -hmm. apparently had broken in in uh, the chair, and um, 
at that time I did not have her number, and I wished I would have taken her number down. But I just yeah, because if we had taken her number down, we could have like then just did. given it. Mm-hmm. You know, we could have we could have given uh, we could have matched these people up off the air. I'm having to do it on the air because we don't have any of this. So if you are either that lady with the broken chairlift, or you are one of the people that would like to help her, um, get in touch. Same phone number. Don will take down the information now that we know what we're doing. 210-599-5555. Or you can email me. It's a very easy email. You can remember this. Jack at KTSA.com. Are you a, um, are you a Simpsons fan? Long time ago, the Simpsons were cutting edge stuff. I mean, that was, that was edgy, you know, edgy television. Back when it got started. It's been around like forever, right? One of the longest running things ever on television. Uh, One of the first things that was on the Fox network when that started, right? Um, One of the gags of the show is that Bart, the kind of mouthy son in the family, uh, when he does something snarky or smart-alecky, his dad, Homer, chokes him. And because it's a cartoon, you know, he pulverizes his neck and, uh, you know, uh, Bart's eyes bug out and pop out of his head. You know, it's a cartoon. Uh, they've announced that they will no longer have Bart choking Homer. I'm not making this up. They're uh, they're discontinuing that. I guess we need a national conversation about that. Is that did that lead to a lot of uh, fathers choking out their sons? You know, when I was a kid, we would watch like Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck and Tom and Jerry, and for the life of us. None of us ever tried to do any of the things that they did in the cartoons because they were in cartoons. And somehow we knew that what you can do with a cartoon, you can't do in real life. And if you, if you, you know, if you kill the coyote, he's not coming back in real life. But if you kill him in the cartoons, he's back two minutes later. And he puts himself back together, and he reconstitutes his skeleton and all that stuff. But no, we, we can't have things in cartoons now that somebody might try. So no more choking out Bart. Somebody uh, tweeted, from here on out, Homer will ask Bart if he's the wrong gender and suggest that he wear a dress. And then somebody else tweeted, um, we need a national commission to investigate the death count of 1950s housewives on the lunar surface, bang zoomed there by their Jackie Gleason inspired husbands. Remember that? Oh man, imagine, imagine today. You have a sitcom today. And the husband says to the wife, he shakes his fist in her face, I'll send you to the moon, Alice. Yeah. So glad we've uh, we're so much better now. Such better people. We're such a better society. Things are much better than they were back then. Uh 
55. Oh, I'll play this for you. It's election day today. Um, and this is a guy in um, Virginia, Arlington, Virginia. He goes to the polling place. And there are people at polling places, and they have to stand a certain distance, you know, on the perimeter of them, right? I don't know what the number of feet is, but it's there's some there's some perimeter that you stay outside of, and you're allowed to politic or hold signs or greet voters. So as he's approaching his polling place, he's greeted by somebody who is a Republican. And this uh, dude is not one. What he is is a sad, depressed, delicate flower who is so triggered by the person greeting him at the polling place. Uh, take a listen to this. You, uh, you, you people tried to overthrow the election. You might have been, might as well have been walking up to my head on the way to the polling station, putting a gun to my head, trying to tell me not to vote. You expect me not to take that personally? You try to overthrow elections with violence, and then you're out here among decent people. Thanks for coming what do you have out to say there. that, huh? What and what's on your fucking, uh, uh, your what are your policy prescriptions? Have a nice day. You've already been rapist good. rights. Yeah, involving is... yourself in people's families and their bedrooms. It's pretty wild. You fucking animal. You try to steal my vote next year. I'm gonna fucking remember you personally. Thank you. In fact, I'm taking a fucking picture. Is that all right? Yeah, you Promotion? can. Yeah, it's a one-party tent state. Yeah, one-party state. You want to f***ing one-party countries. Hey, sir, how are you? Headed in to vote? Yeah. Can I get your Republican sample ballot? Sure, thank you. You know, try not to be buddy-buddy with these people because they, they put on a the face of a good neighbor. He's stopping another guy But they support lynch mobs and KKK. Or they're f***ing Bible-beating bigots and freaks. Mm. Yeah, they're not good neighbors. Mm. Wow. What a good Democrat. <laughs> he should be Democrat of the Month, right? He really, he is, he is checking all the boxes. He doesn't know, he's never seen this guy before. Some, some Republican volunteer at a polling place. He, he knows the guy's a rapist and a freak and a Bible-thumping bigot and a... By the way, when the guy consents to let the angry dude take his picture... He says to the guy, kind of smart alecky, yeah, you can take my picture. It's a one-party consent state. That means that, and I didn't know this about Virginia, but in some states only one party has to give their consent. That's all he's saying. The angry dude hears it's one-party state and gets further triggered. Um, you know, they worry about people wearing, like, uh, political regalia uh, or stuff with messaging on it into polling places. I'd be worried about letting this guy in. I hope this polling place is not a school, as a lot of them are. Because nobody this angry, nobody this triggered, should probably be walking up to a school with kids inside, right? I'm just, just pointing that out. I just thought I'd mention that. But, yeah, that is something else. So... um I guess he and I would agree on one thing. This is a very important election. Arlington, Virginia today. When I see or hear people like this dude in Virginia, all kidding aside, it, it's a symptom of something that is a little bit, uh, uh, you know, of a concern. And, and here, here's what I mean. 
Like I've been doing this a long time, and so I've I've met a lot of people who are very into politics. Um, it's not their necessarily their job, but it's their passion and their hobby, and they uh, have educated themselves and uh, you know sort of crafted for themselves a a worldview, and they're they like to, to varying degrees they like debating it or challenging you on it or whatever, and so I. I I get that, and I get those kinds of people. I mean, those are my kind of people, even if we don't agree. If that's if that's something you're passionate about like I am, then you're my kind of people. This is a different breed, people like this guy. He's on the edge. You know, it's like Shrek. He's a donkey on the edge. He's, the word that, that comes to mind is brittle. All he had to do was see a person. The kind of people we see every time we vote. There's always people standing around holding signs for this or that candidate or this or that party. You just blow past them. I blow past them even if I'm voting for that candidate because I, I just want to get in and out and not, not elongate the visit. But you can t- stop and talk or engage or take a sample ballot or not. Or This guy... I'm, I'll tell you right now, I don't know anything about him, but I know this. He is in a cocoon of self-actualization. He has surrounded himself with um, only safe and comfortable voices and ideas. He probably rushes home to hang out with Rachel Maddow, who I'm sure he refers to as Rachel, like she knows he's there, you know. And when you live like that, the real world becomes a very scary place. So he sees this guy, he goes to vote, which is a quintessentially American thing, and he's triggered. He goes into like fight or flight mode. He's, it's like watching one of those nature shows when the Impalas realize the lion is at the watering hole, right? Why? And then the, the stuff that he's spewing. I mean, just vote for the Dems. <laughs> I mean, you try to overthrow elections with violence, and then you're out here among decent people. Thanks for what coming out there. What do you have to say to that, huh? What, who's what's on who's your being thing, uh... violent here? Who's being indecent here? I'm curious. Who do you think it is? Isn't it the guy that's that's spewing? Who, in fact, is actually breaking the law? Because I, I'm pretty sure there's a law that says you're not allowed to intimidate people um, at a uh, polling place. So the guy he's yelling at is technically a voter he's intimidating. I mean, I'm not, I'm not asking the police to come and, and, and throw him in handcuffs, but, but all the stuff he's decrying, he's the culprit of. And if you look around at what's going on in the world today... The violence, the, the anger, the angst, the destruction, the throwing of red paint, the throwing of megaphones, the, the attacking other people, the others. Dude, that's you. That's your side. You're doing that. In your fantasy, we were all at Charlottesville in 2016 or 17 or whatever it was. But as I look around, and I, I think it's important to try to stay in the year we're in, so we're in 2023, as I look around in 2023, you're projecting 
Mr. Arlington, Virginia. You're projecting. Anyway, 210-599-5555. We'll talk about that. and We'll talk about these uh, off-year elections and other things, plus the JR poll. 210-599-5555. Yeah, the, the election in Virginia that has that guy freaking out, is their, uh, it's their midterm election. So their governor has two more years, but this is about their legislature and who will control it. And basically, Glenn Youngkin, who I think is a really interesting guy and definitely a guy that I'm following closely, he he is basically doing something in Virginia that I think the Republican Party needs to do nationwide. First, he's emphasizing that we can't we can't do stuff if we only have one branch. So he's saying, you made me governor. I've kept my promises. I need a Republican Senate and a Republican House. And I think they they either have the House and they're trying to flip the Senate or they have the Senate and they're trying to flip the House. It's one of those two. Uh, so he's emphasizing the midterms, even though he's not on the ballot. The other thing he's doing, which I think is really smart, is he's trying to get Republicans to start taking advantage of, rather than just complaining about, the way Democrats changed election laws in 2020. So, okay, if we're going to have all this early voting and we're going to have uh, all this mail-in voting, let, let's let's orchestrate our efforts and take advantage of that. Let's let's mobilize that. Let's dominate that. And I don't know. I guess we'll know tonight or tomorrow how successful he was. But early voting is something Republicans haven't done very well with, and he thinks they should. Mail-in voting, ballot harvesting, all that stuff. He's saying, look, if if they want those to be the norms, to be the laws. We need a ground game for those kinds of elections. He's 100% right, I think. Uh, There's a governor's race in Kentucky that's interesting. They have a Democratic governor, and it's a very, very red state. Uh, Trump won Kentucky by, like, 30 points. But they have a Democratic governor, and he is running against a uh, black conservative attorney general, Daniel Cameron, Um. Polls say it's very close. Um, and then there's um, a governor's race in Mississippi. There's a Supreme Court race in Pennsylvania. There's some interesting ballot measures here in Texas and in Ohio. And uh, tonight we'll be finding out more about all of that. Oh, tomorrow, if you're interested, and I know I'm not, <laughs> tomorrow is the next uh, RNC debate, and we now know who will be in it. Uh, it'll be DeSantis. Haley, Ramaswamy, Christie, and Scott. They're the only ones that made it onto the stage for the third debate. I am really not too excited about that, are you? I mean, I just... It, 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 I, I'm, not, I'm not saying, look, if you want to run for president, you should run for president. But these debates are missing the key ingredient, the main guy. It's glaringly obvious that without him, you're kind of all running for cabinet jobs or vice president or something. And um, I, I'm just I'm down on this Ronna McDaniel and and is that her name McDaniel McDaniel I don't know whatever her name is the chairwoman of the Republican Committee National Committee I'm I'm just down on her I don't I I don't like the way they're running these I don't like the networks they're working with uh, it's it's stupid it's it's if this was anybody other than the Republicans, she would be so fired. They'd be like suing her to get her money back, to get their money back. But they keep extending her. They keep reelecting her. So 
I like what Youngkin's doing. Not too crazy about her. As we told you yesterday, the governor of Iowa, Kim Reynolds, came out last night and endorsed DeSantis in her state. She did a joint interview. They, they, they did an interview together, Governor Reynolds and Governor DeSantis. It really looked for all the world almost like a, like a ticket, like this was going to be the, the, the presidential candidate and his running mate. But she was on there, and they were talking about why she came out and made this announcement. This is from NBC News. Here's a little bit of what they had to say last night. We've had a lot of great candidates that are running for office. I, I consider them friends. I've had the opportunity to campaign with them. I appreciate all of them stepping forward and putting their lives and their livelihoods on, on the line to have the opportunity to represent this country. But I have to take a look at everybody. As somebody who's a leader, you should want people who are delivering big victories for their constituents, standing up for conservative values, which Kim has done. And it's almost like with Donald Trump, if you don't kiss the ring, you could be the best governor ever and he'll trash you. You could be a terrible, corrupt politician, but if you kiss his ring, then all of a sudden he'll praise you. You know, I, um, you know, I like Ron DeSantis a lot, and I, I'm not saying this as a criticism uh, of him or of Kim Reynolds. I guess I'm just puzzled. At this point, when people say... Trump can't win, what is that based on? Because isn't he winning in these polls? Now, if you want to say, well, these polls are flawed or we don't believe them, okay, explain that. I'm open to that. I've got an open mind about that. But they state as if everyone knows it, well, of course, Trump can't win this election. I think you got to flesh that out a little bit. I mean, that's not... That was okay to say a year ago, but right now that does not appear to be settled science, right? Like, I, again, it's open to debate, but you got to debate it. By the way, um, while she was endorsing DeSantis, another up-and-coming Republican governor was endorsing Trump. Uh, Arkansas governor, this is from CNN, Arkansas governor Sarah Huckabee Sanders on Monday night, endorsed her former boss for president, and she's going to do a rally with him tonight in Florida. It's not a question between right versus left anymore. It's normal versus crazy. President Biden and the left are doubling down on crazy, said Sanders. Time has come to return to the normal policies of the Trump era, which created a safer, stronger, more prosperous America. Some people are wondering if she would be a running mate, Sarah Sanders. The thing uh, DeSantis said about kissing the ring, that is, that is true. You can't, you can't deny that. You can love Trump. You can be for Trump. But he does have that. Um, that's, that's one of his things. And I wouldn't mind that as long as he can put together a team to do what he was not able to do the last time. You, you, you really got to put together a bigger, deeper team. You've got to go deeper into government. We've talked about this before. I don't want to belabor it, but... If you really want to go in and change and drain the swamp and do the, take on the things that you rightfully say we need to take on, Mr. Former President, then you need people, and you need a lot of them, and they've got to be willing to go in and throw themselves on grenades, basically. And the way to get that 
doesn't seem to be the way he's doing it. Because when you look at the way he turns on people that are legit conservatives, that are getting good things done in their states, that are right on just about everything, or that are very effective at what they do, and you diss them and you insult them and you make fun of their appearance or they or even worse if they worked for you i mean i think just as an example of kaylee mckinney who i think really worked very effectively for him was really one of the best white house press secretaries i've ever seen and he talks about her like she's uh working the alley behind the hotel Uses language that if if she was your wife or girlfriend, you'd like throw down with them. I don't know how. I, again, I'm not a. It's not about the sensitivity or he's mean. I'm just thinking practically. Like, how do you get people to come work for you when you treat the people who have worked for you this way? When you treat the people that are out there doing the things you're for and you've you know called for, and they're out there as governors winning those fights, whether they're economic fights or cultural fights or legislative fights. Uh, A guy like Youngkin who seems to actually care about, like, let's bring more people into this movement. Let's make this thing bigger. Let's, Let's convince people that the country's worth fighting for, not, not talk at them like it's a lost cause and it's, it's already over. I mean, all I want from Trump is just, like, pat those people on the back. Don't stab them in the back, you know? And so I don't know. We'll see how this all works out. Ernest says, um, Simpsons need to hang it up. I watched until 1993, then I got a life. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The reason we're asking you about the Simpsons today is uh, they've, uh, apparently they've announced that... uh, after 35 years, Homer's not going to choke Bart anymore. Um, of course, that doesn't do anything for the millions of young boys that were murdered by their fathers because of that show. So, just wanted to point that out. Um, I'm not really a Simpsons fan. I, I, I guess I remember, like around the time The Simpsons came out, I watched a lot more TV. I mean, if you ask me about 80s and 90s, television there's a good chance i saw shows because i was watching shows not necessarily in a like today when you say you watch a show it connotes that you are a fan of it you you binge it or you uh stream it or whatever but like here i am going down memory lane but you know like in the 80s and 90s you might just watch the simpsons because the night that it was on is the night you were not doing anything or whatever. It seems like a more casual thing. I don't, I don't remember. I could be wrong, but I don't remember really ever being like an avid viewer or fan of it. I mean, I thought it was funny and irreverent, um, and it paved the way for all these other. Now there's like a million like adult-themed cartoons. I guess that was really kind of the first one, right? 210-599-5555. If you're looking for a business model, a small business to get into, I've got an idea for you. Uh, there's a guy named uh, Jonathan Rinaldi, um, and he, for many years, was a sperm donor. 
that that's not wait I, there's more to it don't worry um i'm just setting up the story so he has a history of being a sperm donor Lit- literally i'm not saying that like you know but he's discovered and i wouldn't have thought of this that there is a huge demand for unvaxxed sperm. That there are women who want specifically donors who never got the COVID shot. And when he became aware of this, he started his own anti-vax sperm donation thing. Um, He's got about 250 members. He's got a lot of different kinds of customers. Single women, married couples, gay couples, U.S., U.K. He says, I don't trust big government, big pharma. And this is for people that don't trust them. Now, they went to... um, This was the London Daily Mail. They went to some of the big official sperm banks, and those places said, we don't know what he's talking about. We don't get requests for unvaccinated donors. But he says they're out there, and it fetches a premium uh, price. So I'm not telling you what to do. But if you happen to be unvaccinated, and you're free tonight, just, you know, just... Just pointing that out. I'm just, just letting you know. I, who am I to get in the way of capitalism? That's all I'm doing. I'm just trying to, I'm a facilitator. You know, that's, I'm just trying to, well, I was going to say lubricate the gears of business, but I guess I won't say that. Um, how would you know? I mean, how do you prove, see, this is the part I'm a little hung up on. Like, how would one affirm or prove that they were never vaccinated? Do I have to just take your word for it? I mean, if if that was really important to me, I would probably need proof. And if I'm going to pay a higher price than, you know, the the generic product, so to speak, then I, I would need to know, right? I mean, how you'd have, but how would you, how would you, how do you prove that you're not vaccinated? Somebody know? I was curious about that. Not so curious that I'm going to do it. Don't worry. Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. It takes all kinds, as they say, to make the world go round, or whatever. You can jump into the show at two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five, or you can. Keep a safe distance. And I respect both decisions. I hate to bring up COVID because it's better if we just forget those ridiculous years of our lives. But anyway, um, do you remember how often you had to hear somebody say, follow the science, respect the science, and extol the virtues of scientific analysis and scientific Knowledge. Okay. So I want to apply that thinking here to the mass murderer in Nashville. As we talked about earlier, 
some of her writings, and maybe they're not the manifesto itself, if there is even a manifesto, but some of her writings from shortly before she went to the Covenant School in Nashville and killed three nine-year-old children and three adults have been leaked. And it's like basically notebook paper with ballpoint scrawl on it. Um, They seem to be notes that this killer made on the last day or days of her life. It is hateful. Uh, There's talk about white crackers and um, white privilege. And I hope I have a high death count. I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't ready to die. All that stuff. What little has come out is not that probative or revealing about, like, motivation. But let's put a few things together. A few days um, after the murder spree, trans leaders around the country, including in Nashville, held an event called Trans Day of Vengeance to, as they put it, stop trans genocide. And a lot of people have said, was that an influence on Audrey Hale? Was that was she carrying out her own trans vengeance the day she went to the Covenant School? But even more, I think, interesting to think about and useful to think about, if we say we value science, is the chemistry of this person. So, here is someone who was born female, but decided she was really a man, and was undergoing some kinds of treatment. We're not exactly sure how much or what they were. Was there a chemical regimen? Was there a drug treatment? I'm not sure if that's been publicly laid out yet. But what we do know about those kinds of treatments, those kinds of regimens, is they have a very high rate of mental illness, rage, and acting out. Very high. It might be good to know if we value science and we're following science. Remember how important that was. It might be important to know whether treating someone that way contributes to or runs the risk of actions like this. And this is another reason why it's better to expose whatever was left behind to the sunlight of public opinion and scrutiny and why I completely distrust not doing that. You you are not going to convince me that you have my best interests or the community's best interests at heart when you say we got to hide this, we got to cover it up. First of all, that's that's not really what we do with anything. That's not our M.O. When we cover things up in our society, we're covering up shame. We're covering up wrongdoing. We're covering up stuff that would get you in trouble. I think that's what this is. I think they know 
that they basically screwed around with the head of somebody that was already suggestible, vulnerable, unstable. I think Audrey Hale is a science experiment gone wrong. I don't mean to sound cruel, and I'm not trying to be, and I'm not trying to uh, dehumanize her. But let's, let's get real about this. Or let's not pretend that we care about science and we extol its virtues and it's the highest calling. And we, you know, if, if we're not, not going to do it, then let's stop talking about it. If we're going to be selective about it, if we're going to be superstitious about it, if, it, if, if all these um, axioms about follow the science don't apply when it's a trans person or don't apply when it's a lefty or don't apply, then, then, then let's just get the rules out on the table so we all know what they are. What, what are the rules of this game that we're playing? Because it seems to me you and I heard a lot of people for a long time wag their finger in our face give us unconstitutional, unlawful orders, ruinous orders to people's lives and livelihoods in the name of following the science. So I would like to follow the science of how this thing in Nashville happened. And I think there's some science to follow. And it looks to me like it was a cover story to say, well, the reason the manifesto has to be kept confidential or covered up is because there's some sort of security revelation in it. That would imply that this totally amateurish, inexperienced killer had devised some master plan. Does that sound right to you? Like, we're not talking about a, a professional assassin who's penetrated the security of a top-secret installation or government building or world leader. We're talking about a fairly amateurish, fairly um, primitive, medieval assault on a building full of children. I don't think there's any master plan here to you know, cover up. As far as copycat, if we're worried about, well, well I'm worried about copycat. Well, th that horse left the barn so long ago, the barn has fallen down. I mean, we, we were having that discussion after Columbine. Should we report these things? Should the media not report school shootings so that there won't be other school shootings? I'm, I'm, afraid, I'm afraid it's too late for that. And it's certainly too late if you were thinking, well, we don't want people to know about Audrey Hale and what Audrey Hale did. Hello, every television channel ran the video of her inside the school. So it just doesn't hold up. I mean, to me it doesn't. How do you feel about it? 210-599-5555. Um, what we should know is um, anything we need to know about what created and unleashed um, this day of death. And why is it so important to know that in every other mass shooting, in every other school shooting? And we dissect these, these people, whether they're alive or dead, we dissect their final moves and minutes and moments, and we trace them, and we, we, 
We create timelines. We know where the Uvalde shooter was minute by minute for days before the attack. Or the guy in Maine. So this is not holding up for me. But uh, 210-599-5555 is my number. And there's going to be a little language here, just to warn you. But it's uh, Stephen Crowder who obtained these written notebook pages from the Nashville killer. And uh, whatever you think of him, and he's got kind of a checkered history, um, I, I believe that this needs to come out. I'm glad that at least some of it has. And whether this is uh, a lot of it or only a little of it, I don't know. But we would know if we had the whole thing. Um, he released pictures of notebook paper with writing on it on uh, X. Want to kill all you little crackers. I hope I have a high death count. I'm ready. I hope my victims aren't. Uh, going to fancy private schools with those fancy khakis and sports backpacks with their daddy's Mustangs and convertibles. Want to kill all you little crackers, bunch of little F-words with your white privilege. There were several times I could have been caught, especially back in the summer of 2021. It might be 10 minutes tops. It might be 3 to 7. It's going to go quick. My only fear is if anything goes wrong, I'll do my best to prevent, and you can't make out what this part says, um, it might be 10 minutes tops, it might be 3 to 7, it's going to go quick. Uh, then there's a picture of a death day schedule with time to die circled at the bottom. Uh, sounds to me like the way they're reacting to this, it probably is legit. They're not denying that. I think they would, if it was fake, if it was fabricated, I think they would very angrily say so. But in any event, if this is legit, it's just a very strange decision to keep it under wraps. Now, let me back up for a minute. If you're going to have a trial, if the killer is alive and going to be put on trial, this is an entirely different discussion because you need it unmolested for the jury. But this killer died on the day of the killing. There's no jury pool. There's no tainting with pretrial publicity. These words, these pages do not reveal a security plan or a flaw in a security plan. These do not suggest or point the way toward a copycat event. These don't name anyone. These don't promote a cause. So it's almost as if what's more interesting than what's in the writing is the decision around covering up the writing. And by the way, if we'd never known there was any, it would be very easy to cover up. But the police chief blurted out on the afternoon of the killing that extensive writing and papers had been left behind. And, again, he seemed to think at the time... And I can imagine that he probably thought this was an easy 
decision, yes, in time you will get all of this. I think reporters asked him, well, what's in it or what did, what did it say? Well, we're gonna, you'll, you'll see it all very soon. We'll release it all very soon. Would they have sealed the manifesto of a dead white supremacist killer or someone that had committed a crime against immigrants? And is the secrecy really not about protecting us, but about protecting an agenda, an ideology? Um, And now that parts of it are leaking out, how do you justify continuing to stonewall and the rest of it? Again, if this was part of a crime scene where you were going to have a trial, it's a different discussion. And I, I know that one of the things that has come out and that's been debated, and I respect this, is the wishes of the Covenant School families and survivors. As you can imagine, they do not, some of them at least, do not want what this person said, wrote, created to be public. By the way, some of them do. And and we should respect all the different viewpoints of these victims. But we've never before let that be the deciding factor, and it isn't even the deciding factor now. Like, that's not even being cited as the reason for covering this up. It's a it's an ancillary fact, but it's not the reason it's been covered up. And you can imagine that in many um, sort of high-profile or um, infamous crimes, there are often family members or survivors who would much prefer a minimum of focus on or publicity around the killer. And again, with respect and kindness, that they don't they don't get their wish. That's not the determining factor. What do you think about this? Two ten. 599-5555. We'll talk about some of the things in the news this week. We'll uh, get into our poll question. Yeah, I've lived in this country my whole life. And it's been a long life. Very long. <laughs> Alarmingly long. I've lived in this country my whole life, and there are times, and we're going through them right now, where I'm like, have I been away? Did I... Did I uh, did, was I was I overseas for a while? Did I did I did I briefly spend some time on another planet? Was I living in a lunar colony? Have I been have I been on the International Space Station? Was I in one of those isolation tanks like Aaron Rodgers? I mean, what where did all this out of out of seemingly nowhere furious enraged cords popping out of the neck Palestinian stuff come from I mean whatever age you are doesn't it feel like there's always been war in the Middle East doesn't it feel like there's always been conflict between the Jews and the Arabs it didn't start on October 7th or in this century Perhaps if you've been to church, you may have heard a thing or two about it. All of a sudden, 
there's this wave and this um, obsession with the plight of the Palestinians. All my life, I've heard of poor people. And you know how, have you ever noticed, like, you can tell how old somebody is by where they reference the hungry people, like, used to be moms told their kids to finish their plate because there were starving people in China. And then it was India. And then it was Africa. And then it was a specific place in Africa, like Ethiopia or Somalia. I guess maybe now they tell them it's Palestine. I don't know. They've always been there. The Jews have always been there. Arabs have always been there. If you know anything about the history of Jerusalem, it, it is in a, it is a basically a microcosm of the history of that struggle for thousands of years. Does it not seem to you, and again, I can't prove this, does it not seem to you that this has a very astroturfed, orchestrated, managed, feel to it who are all these people are, are all these people in all these demonstrations and protests and riots are these all people that that stay up all night reading journals about middle east geopolitics are these people with big maps on the wall back in their house and they're musing and studying the, the issues and the migration and the, i mean it just looks like they've been weaponized. It looks like you've just found a lot of disgruntled, angry, sad, bored people. It looks to me like you, you found extras for a movie that we're making. There was a woman that did a commentary about this on one of the Israeli news channels. I don't know her name, but I wanted to play this for you because it really goes to the heart of what I'm talking about right here. Don, I think it's cut number six. Can we hear that? This is a message for those to claim to care about protecting innocent Palestinian lives. Yes, I'm speaking to you, Angelina Jolie, Rashida Tlaib, Cori Bush, and of course, Bella and Gigi Hadid. Where were you when more than 4,000 Palestinians in refugee camps were slaughtered in the Syrian civil war? Where was your outrage when Lebanon banned Palestinians from working as doctors, lawyers, or from owning land? Where were you when it was exposed that the Palestinian Authority tortures Palestinian prisoners? When Palestinian police murdered journalist Nizar Banat for opposing the government? Where were you when 850,000 Palestinians were displaced by the Syrian civil war? When Lebanese militias killed 2,500 Palestinians in refugee camps and displaced another 30,000 Palestinians from 1985 to 1987. Where is your outrage over Hamas dragging the bodies of innocent Palestinians through the streets of Gaza for collaborating with Israel? Where were you when Hamas stored rockets in Palestinian schools, when they recruited children to join the jihad, when they murdered one of the last Christian pastors in Gaza, when they stole electricity, water, fuel, and humanitarian aid for their own terror activities instead of supporting their people? Where is your protest against Arab states for refusing to accept a single Palestinian refugee, even temporarily? 
If you're only outraged by Israel's actions, you aren't pro-Palestinian and you don't care about Palestinian lives. You're blinded by your own hatred of Israel. The best way to protect Palestinian lives is the destruction of Hamas. Mm. I would say two things. I, I, I love the commentary. It's fantastic. Um, one, I think these people were not paying any attention to that, all that stuff she just listed, all those previous atrocities. I think they were protesting other stuff. I think they were Occupy Wall Street or Antifa or BLM or Trump stole the election or what? Wh- whatever. I mean, I... I look at these mobs, and and again, there may be exceptions, and if you are one of the exceptions, I I will respect that. If you actually have made a study of this and you've devoted time to it and this really is not new to you, okay, I'm sure there are exceptions. But I think in general those mobs are easily mobilized, easily managed um, extras, pawns. And you know what? Not only is it fairly easy to turn out people that are disaffected, angry, bitter. You know, a couple of months ago, these people were this angry about the fact that they owed student loan debt. It's just anger. It's just, you know, sort of a feeling of impotence. But then whatever number you turn out, whatever number of people or attendees at the event you turn out, that gets amplified by the way the media cover it. Have you thought about this? When you see the the college campuses, when you see the weekend protests, there's no perspective, there's no framing, there's no like, well, how many students are, are at this university and are not at this event? How many of the people at this event are actually students of the university? And I was talking about this yesterday with, um, I won't name him, uh, but somebody who is in higher education, and he was saying it's it's a it's a tr- it's a crime. The number of students that are in the library, that are in their dorms, that are in their classrooms, that are in their student activities. It the the media, he said, are making it look like. Everyone's walked out on behalf of Hamas. It's not true. What do you think? 210-599-5555. So I, I would just say, first of all, yeah, the, the, the people protesting, no, they don't care about that other stuff that you listed. And they are already angry, and their rage about this is, I think in part, just an extension of they're angry at Western civilization. They're angry at Judeo-Christian. They're angry at, uh, you know, the founding of America. <laughs> they're angry about capitalism. They're, ang- you know, they're angry about uh, Trump. They're, it, it's, it, it goes on and on. And it's very easy to just fold them into this thing. And then there'll be something else after this, you know. Memorize these faces because in two, three, four months, you'll see them out in the streets for something else. It'll be something else. And again, they will look like they've never cared more in their whole lives than they do right now. But it, it, it'll be something else. 
Maybe that's what you get in a society where people don't have any like grounding in the founding of the country and what it's about and the the sort of the 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 American experiment. Maybe that's what you get when people don't have any like spirituality. And I don't mean spirituality as it's now understood where they worship, you know, the planet or something. I'm talking about like there's something bigger than me. There's a plan. I was created. I have purpose. Um, I will be judged. This earth, life on earth is not my, you know, my permanent life or this, the stuff on earth is all temporary. If you don't have that, I'm not saying you turn into a mindless rioter, but but it's a lot easier to turn you into a mindless rioter, is it not? I don't know if you're a big uh, Eagles fan or not, but um, I saw where the pre-sale for Live Nation, you know, the Eagles are doing their, what is it called, Don? The Long Goodbye? or Remember we, remember we talked about yes, the, the name of their goodbye. tour? Is What is it? The Long Goodbye. The Long Goodbye, which is also uh, what they call uh, Alzheimer's. So that was an unfortunate... Um, Maybe an unfortunate tour name. But anyway, um, the pre-sale is tomorrow morning, 9 a.m. our time, for the Austin dates, which are February 2nd and 3rd at the Moody Center, and the Houston date, which is February 16th. That's as close as they're coming. Austin, Houston in February. For the Eagles, if you want to get in on it, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. Um, and I love music, and I love the Eagles, and I love you know classic rock. I and I think we've talked about this before. Um, and I'll admit I'm cheap, but I really can't. I can't wrap my head around like concert ticket prices. And I guess to be fair, I had a, I got spoiled in the years that I was in music radio, because I got to go to some pretty good concerts, really good concerts, you know, for free. And maybe that did it. I don't know. But, like, um, it's hard to, I just, like, I look at the, the, and I'm not telling you not to do it. You should do what you want to do. It's your money. But, like, I, I think I'd rather maybe take a trip than buy a $400 concert ticket. That's just me, though, you know? What's fascinating about this, though, is that I thought we were in this bad economy, but somehow <laughs> they fill these arenas with these Four hundred to thousand dollar ticket seats. You know, are, are you saying that Bidenomics is working, John? Uh, maybe it is. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, would you be mad if you went to see your favorite artist? And maybe this has happened to you. If you went to, and I don't know, it could be the Eagles, it could be Elton John, it could be whoever, Billy Joel, anybody. You go to see your favorite guy, your favorite band, and it's their farewell tour, and. Maybe it's a little more than you usually spend, but hey, this is it. This is their, you know, last go-round. And then it wasn't. Like they came back a couple of years later. Because having a number of, you know more than I do about this, Don, but having a number of acts done that, where they've had a farewell and then they've oh, yeah. Errol Smith, come back. Aerosmith. Um, okay. You know, was, was one of them. Many There's many bands out there that... Uh, that said, this was going to be the last hurrah. Kiss. Kiss is an example, you know. Because I do think when you say that, it changes people's spending. Like, if you're thinking, well, I've never seen Bob Seger, or I've never seen, you know, the Eagles, or I've never seen Aerosmith, and now if I don't go now, I might never see him. 
So I'm going to go, and I'm, uh, it's, it's going to hurt financially, or i got to scrimp and save, or break the piggy bank. And then you find out two years later they're on tour again. But here, here's the rub. To me, they're cover bands, because it's not the original artists that's in the band. They have, you know, mm. it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's like Foreigner, I think. There's uh, maybe one original member of the band that's left. And yeah. So many, I just... Yeah. I call them cover bands, and the reason why because it's not. I'd want to see members. the yeah. I'd want to see the original lineup. We're pretty close to it. Maybe not everybody, but like if you go see Chicago, you want to see mostly Chicago guys, right? And you you pretty much do, you know, yeah. for the most part. But um, yeah. that's that, I think that's an exception. No, no, no. To the I wonder rule. if it's sort of is is it a little bit is it kind of um, deceptive advertising if you advertise your last this is your last tour and then it isn't because I know with a lot of other things like. People that collect things, they will pay extra if it's the last issue. Like, there are people that buy the last year of an iconic car. That You know, this, this is the last uh, Camaro, or this is the last Trans Am, or this is the la- And they will buy it new, stick it in a hermetically sealed storage unit, and never drive it. I see these come up because I'm a classic car buff. There's cars in the auction all the time. Uh, oh, here's a you know here's a 1981 Trans Am with six miles, and the plastic is on the seats and all that. But they can do that because people have been assured that a particular vehicle will be a collector's item. This is the last year we're making convertibles. This is the last year we're making, you know, whatever it was, an El Camino or whatever it was. If that's not true, you've just deceived people. I think. Anyway. Well, it's a, it, I'm just stirring up. I'm just stirring up trouble here, you know. You, you, and you are. It was, it was just like recently. Yeah. The, apparently, this new Beatles song that has come out that is supposed to be the last Beatles mm. song. And then Paul McCartney says, "Probably." <laughs> well, and they are, um, and they're. I mean, they're businessmen. I get it, but and maybe that's a little different, also, because like it didn't cost me anything to really to hear that song, but. I would just think you don't want people to blow their savings on your ticket and then find out that they could have seen you again in two years or a year. And and, and to be honest, maybe some of these acts really didn't know. Like maybe they really did think, oh, that was that was supposed to be our last tour. We were sure that would be our last tour. And then we took some vitamins and we got our hips replaced and we... Uh, <laughs> You know, we we sobered up and we felt so good. We wanted to get the band back together again. I'm not down on on that. I love seeing the longevity of these. Like, who really, who can believe how how great the the, the Stones look? You've seen the pictures, right? Where they put a picture of um, Mick Jagger up next to Mitch McConnell. They're about the same age. They're both like 81. And Mitch McConnell looks like Tales from the Crypt. And Mick Jagger has looked the same for like thirty years, and they make a joke about how well apparently you should li- you shouldn't live like Mitch McConnell, you should live like like Mick Jagger or something like that. So I'm glad these guys have longevity. It's very cool that they're still around, you know. But I had been two ten. Cor- I I was corrected by text message that they're not cover bands; they're tribute bands. Tribute bands. Okay, two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. We'll kick that around. I, I'm I'm. You know, there's no right answer, wrong answer. I'm just, you know me. I just got to kind of poke the bear a little bit once in a while. Um, still trying to figure out that uh, Novax sperm bank. Still trying to 
get the uh, get the angle on that. Apparently, people are paying premium prices at a sperm bank to get donations that from people that have never been vaxxed. And my question is, how would you prove that you had never been vaxxed? You can prove that you've been vaxxed if that's what people need to see, right? But how do you prove the opposite? No. To t- somebody knows, and they're holding out on us, 210-599-5555. Um, asking you about the Simpsons on the JR poll, if you missed this story uh, earlier, um, they've announced that they will no longer depict Homer Simpson throttling around the neck his son Bart when Bart is a wise aleck. And I, I guess they seriously think that people will do that or try that. Or um, When did we get this idea that if you see it in a cartoon, you, you can try it? I mean, I grew up on the Roadrunner cartoons. Did you did you watch those when you were a kid? None of us should be alive. None of us should be alive. Just with the Roadrunner alone, that should have that should have wiped out an entire generation. Like just how many times did the Roadrunner die? Right in front of our eyes. Not the Roadrunner, but the Coyote. Roadrunner was fine, obviously. A coyote, come on, really? I mean, and and I think of Looney Tunes and you know all of them, all the all all the cartoons, all the shows we grew up with, all the stuff people did, and th- there was never a thought given to well, kids will try this or people will think you can do this. Bart Simpson, really? That's like, and, and who who would watch Homer? Like, I'm a dad. I mean, I looked for role models. I tried to be a good dad. Never considered that Homer was, like, the model. Like, I want to be more like him. How would Homer handle this? Okay. I'm going to squeeze the eyeballs out of my kid's head. Love the results on the River City Oral Surgery JR poll question about the Simpsons. Uh, Chick-fil-A is in the news in kind of an interesting way. I'll tell you that story. We're talking about the... Uh, you ever wonder, like, where, where did all these people who suddenly and, shall we say passionately, care about the Palestinians? And in these crowds, if we were to go into these crowds like jaywalking with Jay Leno, are, are, are these people that have really like studied it and lived it, and they they could find it on a map, and they know the three thousand year history, and they know that they this was um, I saw this at uh, the Powerline blog. This is a, a clip from a Netflix show called Hapless, and it's two characters talking about um being um, pro-Palestinian. So one character is sort of questioning the other's passionate posture on the Palestinians. Take a listen to this. 
anything you can give would be greatly appreciated. Of course, of course. Um, just one quick question. How do you define Palestine? Uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free. Absolutely, absolutely. And which, uh, which river is that? Well, it's next to Egypt, so one of those. Okay. Um, okay, so look, here's, here's Israel. Where? Just there. There. Mm. It's tiny. Oh, yeah, yeah. And so the river would be... The... This one. The Euphrates. Okay, that takes up most of Iraq and Syria. Oh, is it not that, then? No. Um, okay. The, oh, that's the River Jordan. Ah, the River Jordan. Yes, and the sea... Is the Mediterranean. Ah, yes, yes. So you want all of this area to be free. Yes. Of? Um, Israelis. Uh-huh. Including Israeli Arabs. No, 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 no. All right, so just non-Israeli Arabs. Yeah. So, Jews. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so you've got all these Jews, and what are you going to do with them? Um, good question. Um, maybe put them in America. America, yes, of course, land of the free. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although, mm -hmm. I did once have a very nice time in Tel Aviv. Well, haven't we all? It was a big gay pride thing. A very handsome shag vest. So maybe uh, they can stay. Okay, so gay Jews can stay. Yes. Mm -hmm. Lesbians? <laughs> yes, stay. Bisexuals? <laughs> stay. And the trans. And the trans, yeah. of course. So, so I've got this right. Broadly speaking, mm -hmm. you want all of this area here to be free of heterosexual Jews. That sounds about right. <laughs> I know it's kind of farcical, but uh, I don't know what to be more worried about that these people don't really know what they're talking about or that they mean every word they're saying. Um, they're both pretty bad possibilities, you know. The the sort of um, ignorant going along with the crowd, this is the almost like like the, the, the being in these protests is is like the equivalent of wearing the right colored ribbon in your in your lapel back in the nineties. Is it that? For some of these people it probably is. Uh, but I do believe you gotta take some of these chants and slogans literally because we've you know seen it before we've been here before uh 210 599 i want to believe speaking of should you believe this happened or not i, I want to believe that something like this never happens or this has never happened before or this is a story out of um washington dc a firefighter, EMT, has been fired after he and a colleague stopped at a Chick-fil-A while en route to a call, says WRC-TV. On March 24th, the EMTs assigned to Ambulance 3 stopped to pick up a Chick-fil-A order instead of immediately responding to a 911 emergency call where a 57-year-old man was experiencing chest pain, according to WRC-TV. They're not saying it's untrue. They're not denying it. The duo defended doing it, claiming they had pre-ordered their meal through an app, and the detour took, quote, literally a few minutes tops, unquote. This is an ambulance. The report written by one of the firefighters said, quote, there was no delay in patient care or response. Stopping for Chick-fil-A while on an emergency call. Firefighters were responding to an ASL call, 
advanced life support, which is considered a priority call. Ambulance 3 had been dispatched due to it being closer to the caller's location, suggesting a shorter response time. The first responders explained it had been a busy day and they were tired and hungry. Case was presented before a trial board, and one of the firefighters' employment was subsequently terminated. The other firefighter involved remains employed pending the outcome of her own trial. Tell me that's not, like, that's not normal. I mean, I love food as much as the next guy. I I know what it's like to be, like, ravenously hungry. I get that. I think there's a lot of leeway for hungry people, you know? I think in a lot of jobs, you know? I mean, if I was... If if I was if I if I was late coming back from a snack break and Don had to play an extra commercial, I think that's probably actually happened, Don, hasn't it? But I think when you're when you're in an ambulance and you're like re- responding to a nine one one call, I think you got to let the Chick Fil A go. Those guys on emergency, remember emergency? <laughs> they, you you didn't see you didn't see them. In the drive-through, and they were in that red Dodge EMT truck, right? Wow, that is rough. I wonder if when they got to Chick Fil A, do you think they had like the lights going and everything? <laughs> Did other people in the drive-through have to pull over? Pardon me, we've got a we're we're on a nine one one call here. Uh, please please pull over. Did they wait in the line? I don't know. I don't know about this. Now, on the other hand, it does seem like it would make for a pretty interesting Chick-fil-A commercial. You know those commercials they do where they tell little stories, little vignettes of people that have had an experience at Chick-fil-A? There was one of a guy that had been, I think he had been at basic training, and he got home to his family and it was after hours and he had missed, he'd been craving Chick-fil-A for weeks and the the dude at the restaurant stayed open late so that he could have a meal and then they reunited them together on the couch and they have different little stories of Chick-fil-A team members doing cool things for customers or or recognizing customers. Maybe, maybe they could do a commercial with the, you know, the ambulance drivers and of course, on the other side of the couch would have to be the, the 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 guy having the chest pain. Like maybe they could all laugh about it. Doesn't say here what happened to the chest pain guy. Did he know? Did he know that they they stopped at Chick Fil A? You don't think they brought like no that that can't be right. You don't think they brought like their cups in because that ice at Chick Fil A is pretty good. You know, like when you. When you're finished with your drink at Chick-fil-A, you gotta you gotta munch on that ice, right? It's 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 the best ice. You don't think they'd come in with the No, I don't think so. I don't know though. They do like they do like their Chick-fil-A an awful lot. I was I was just reading part of this story and and apparently mm. they've defended their actions. I don't know. Did you, yes. did you mention that? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. I mean they're not denying this isn't like a he said, she said kind of thing. They they admit they went. And they're like, but it didn't. It didn't affect the, the outcome, the patient care. We got there, you know. 
I mean, uh, I, I think I'd be a little. I think I'd be a little put out if I thought that you stopped on the way to my house. You know, I feel like I. I, feel, I would not feel good about that. I wouldn't be like, well, I understand. I like Chick Fil A too. It's probably why I'm having chest pains right now. One of the, one um, of the firefighters had asserted that there was no delay in patient care right. or response. Well, I think there was because whatever time it took you to get that food was the delay. So. Um, unless you were going so fast that you were traveling at the speed of light, I think that's provably scientifically um, untrue. But, And I suppose if you're caught, that's your only defense, right? You're not able to deny that you went. They know you went. But, wow. I'm telling you, though, there's a Chick-fil-A commercial in there somewhere. I can't be the only one that sees that. Come on, Madison Avenue. Get with the program. All right, the JR Poll. Powered by River City Oral Surgery. Are you a Simpsons fan since Homer and Bart were in the news today? Are you a Simpsons fan? 84% said no. 16% said yes. We'll have a new JR poll question when we go live tomorrow at 4, or you can find it anytime at ktsa.com. And as you know, you can find this show as an on-demand podcast. Listen when you want, where you want, um, on the platform of your choice. Just go to KTSA.com and pull down the on-demand menu or look for The Jack Riccardi Show wherever you like to get your other podcasts. Because I know I'm not your only one, and you can have others, and it's okay. You can play the field. Just as long as I'm in the field, I'm happy for you to play the field. Um, You know, there are uh, different rules for powerful and famous people. We know this. Whether there should be or not, we know that there are. And this is an example of that. I, I really love this story. I I don't know. I'm not saying this to, to mock her or make fun of her. Barbara Streisand, the legendary singer, Barbara Streisand, was unhappy recently because she noticed that Siri mispronounced her name. Siri was saying Streisand. Like it had a Z in it. And Barbara says it Streisand, like sand on the beach. The 81-year-old called the CEO of Apple, Tim Cook, just like you and I would do. I mean, I know I just got off the phone with him a couple of days ago. To complain. She talked about this in an interview in the UK. Tim Cook was so lovely, said Barbara. He had Siri change the pronunciation. I guess that's one of the perks of fame, she laughed, according to the BBC. She has a new uh, autobiography coming out. Um, So I guess that's why she was doing the interview. But yeah, she apparently she was using her smart speaker, noticed, uh, was she, was she, I wonder what she was doing on Siri that she would have heard her own name. Is that like is that like the equivalent of googling yourself? Like what in what what function would Babs be performing that Siri would say her name? In any event, when it did, when Siri said her name, she did not like the way. I think I've been saying it wrong. Have you have you did you know that that's how she pronounced it, Don Cooper? I I did not. It's, I did not know that. I think I've been saying Streisand. Yeah, that's right. I have been saying it that way. So I expect to hear from her, um, hopefully soon. But, uh, yeah, no, that's, to me, you know what? 
Barbara's a, she's a star. She is a diva. She is a star. She she can do that. The rules are different for her. She got Siri straightened out. See you back here on the radio live at four tomorrow. Have a great night.